Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and CorridorAesthetics.com. Today is Wednesday. It's the 1st of March. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Students in several school districts across Iowa are planning to walk out of class today. The action is in response to the quickly growing list of bills introduced in the state legislature that target LGBTQ people. The walkouts are being promoted by Iowa WTF and Iowa Queer Student Alliance, but are organized by students. Allison Toro is a sophomore at West Liberty High. It's important to support and help the community and to show your support because like some people don't have much support. And then when you walk out there, they feel seen. A lot of these kinds of bills were advancing in the state legislature yesterday in Des Moines. One working through the Iowa Senate would ban transgender students from using a school bathroom that matches their gender identity. IPR's Grant Gerlock tells us that proposal allows Iowans to complain to the state attorney general if schools don't comply. The Senate bill requires schools to limit bathrooms to one sex only, and the likely amendment would add locker rooms. A transgender student would have to request permission to use a single-person restroom instead. Amber Williams, a member of the conservative parents group Moms for Liberty, told a Senate subcommittee she supports the bill because she says it protects cisgender girls. My concern isn't about transgenders. It's not those individuals that are most likely to be sexual predators, but rather the sexual predators that could exploit this type of situation by posing as transgendered in order to gain access to women and girls. Opponents say the bill imagines a threat in order to discriminate against transgender students. The bill was passed to the full Senate Education Committee. A bill that makes single-sex bathrooms optional for schools also moved up to the House Judiciary Committee. The Iowa House and Senate also advanced bills that would ban gender-affirming care for transgender minors yesterday. Iowa Republican lawmakers advanced bills yesterday through House and Senate committees that would change who qualifies for food and health care assistance. Both bills would limit households seeking public aid to a maximum $15,000 in liquid assets and personal property, not including their home, and up to two cars. The bills would direct the state to develop a new system or hire a company to conduct eligibility checks. Republican Representative Tom Janieri of Lamar's says the bill would make the state's system for distributing benefits more efficient and help prevent fraud. The legislature is dedicated to protecting Iowa's safety net for Iowans in need, while at the same time protecting the Iowa taxpayer from paying services for ineligible individuals. The bill that advanced in the House also seeks to require some people getting food and health care assistance to work. Democrats opposed the bill. They say it'll cause vulnerable Iowans, including kids, the elderly, and people with disabilities, to lose food and health care assistance. The latest annual report from the Iowa Cancer Registry has found Iowa's incidence rate of cancer cases is the second highest in the country. And the rate of cancer cases is expected to double this year as compared to 50 years ago. However, cancer mortality rates have dropped significantly in that time frame. Mary Charlton is the director of the Iowa Cancer Registry. She says that's due to an increase in early detection and advancements in treatment. So the the bad news is, yes, we are high in cancer, um, but the good news is, is People aren't dying from it nearly as much as they used to. We're keeping that number, that um, number of deaths stable. The report predicts nearly 21,000 new cancer cases will be diagnosed in Iowans this year. 
And researchers at the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Animal Disease Center in Ames have been using American Rescue Plan funding to see how different coronavirus variants operate in deer over time. The researchers are looking at how long they can find the virus in captive deer's nasal passages and how long antibodies last to get a better understanding of how the virus acts in wild deer. It builds on their initial research. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Former Hawkeye football players sued University of Iowa athletics for racial discrimination and harassment. This was back in 2020. Now the former football players have dropped their claims against head coach Kirk Ferentz, offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz, and athletic director Gary Barda. Here to talk about this with me is Vanessa Miller from the Cedar Rapids Gazette, who has been following this since the lawsuit was first filed. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, how are you? Doing well. So just remind us, why was this lawsuit filed in the first place? Um, Well, it was filed, like you said, back in 2020. It was filed by former players, and it happened around the time of some of the racial reckoning that was happening on social media. Some people um, began to speak out about their experiences at the University of Iowa, and from that stemmed this lawsuit from former players saying that they experienced racial discrimination while in the program, that they were harassed, that they were treated differently um, because of their hair, what they were wearing. Um, They accused some of the coaches of using derogatory language and even accused some of the coaches of hindering their post-college careers in some ways. So that's kind of what the the original lawsuit outlined. And there were, I think, 13 players um, named as plaintiffs uh, originally. And this includes some of the most high-profile people within the University of Iowa football program with Kirk Ferentz, the offensive coordinator, and also the athletic director. I mean, who are left as defendants now that this is moving to this juncture of the of, of the case? Because of the dismissals, um, should they all go through, should a judge uh, approve all of it, I think just the University of Iowa and the Board of Regents. Okay, so help us sort out these moving parts. It's been a couple of years. Uh, what does this mean for the lawsuit moving forward then? Well, I mean, it could go on. It was set for a trial in May of 2023, and a judge recently um, indefinitely postponed that uh, because of sort of pending motions. Um, and so it's unclear. There could be a settlement in the works. It could be that they just need to work out some of the disagreements about depositions or responses to dismissals. So it could go to trial or it could settle. And I think we're all just going to be watching the court docket to see what happens there. Vanessa, I think it's also worth pointing out that the dismissals filed against the Ferences and then athletic director Gary Barda and former strength coach Chris Doyle, who I didn't mention at the outset of this conversation, these dismissals were all done without prejudice, which is different than what happened recently when these former players dropped claims against linebackers coach Seth Wallace. Uh, Why is this an important distinction? Well, with when something is filed or dismissed with prejudice, it usually indicates that a judge has made some determination in the case and that this dismissal is a final deposition, which just means it can't go on. Like they can't try again. They can't refile. There's some indication that this is the end for that. So without prejudice, typically it means that um, the players could retry that a judge hasn't made 
a decision in this and they could refile in some way in some capacity. Um, so uh, Kirk Ferentz, Doyle, and Barta um, have not opposed the dismissal without prejudice, but Brian Ferentz has opposed the type of dismissal, according to the court documents. All right. Vanessa Miller, reporter with the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Thanks for getting us up to speed on this. No worries. Thank you. This is Here First from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. And for news anytime, go to IPR.org. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening.